What's going on, folks? Pete Davidson back with another uh, short little version of the Rotobomb podcast. Um, really thought about just blowing today off because so little um, happened in the uh, UDPL draft, uh, which which I said I was going to sort of cover live for you guys. Um, so I was thinking maybe just coming back tomorrow when I have more to say, but uh, we'll come back tomorrow anyway. Hopefully there'll be some picks to go over. Um, we left off yesterday, um, unless I uh, forget. I'm pretty sure we left off with Luke Musgrave, uh, Dynasty Happy Hour, um, the 10th pick uh, of the second round. Um, and at that point, uh, the clock died for a while. Um, then the film nerds came back with uh, Tajay Spears, uh, which I liked. Um, you know, you know, I think buying into the potential for a Derrick Henry injury at this point makes some sense. Um, Spears is an exciting back. He's very sudden. He's a very natural runner, so I like that one. Um, next up, Tank Bigsby. Again, no way to knock that near the end of round two. Um, uh, solid offense there developing in Jacksonville. Bigsby is a solid back. Um, and as, you know, as much as, you know, everybody likes Travis Etienne, he's already had one major injury, and his running style does lead to a lot um, of, you know, hits on his legs. So, I, I you know, I think... Um, you know, really just even from a zero RB standpoint, just having Tank Bigsby is going to make sense. I think he probably um, ends up being the RB2 there uh, in time. So I like that one. Um, although I think I like the next pick better, quite frankly. Um, uh, Tyler, our commissioner, um, Tyler Gunther up with the, um, the 25th pick. It's an inserted pick. I can't remember why he gets this pick. Maybe Tyler can explain why he gets a free second round pick. Just kidding. Um, but he, he took Rasheed Rice, who I thought was good value there. Um, next up, uh, the TF Gurus, that's Doug Eddy, traded up into the spot, I think, uh, for Jaden Reed, which makes some sense. Um, Deuce Vaughn to the Dynasty Bros. Uh, that's the second pick of the third round. Um, I like the next pick better. Um, the uh, FF Dynasty gets Cedric Tillman. Uh, I like that pick quite a bit. Uh, and then, uh, again... Um, Tyler comes back, Jalen Hyatt, in the middle of the third round. Fourth pick of the third round. I mean, I am not the biggest J Jalen Hyatt guy. We talked about that um, on my draft day pod. But I, I don't dislike Jalen Hyatt. And, I mean, in the third round, uh, on a giant team that wants to throw the ball down the field, I'm, I'm down with that. Um, uh, Keishon Butte, a guy who I sort of let you guys know early on I was not into. Um, apparently, a lot of people ended up sort of buying into that as well because he is sitting here in Fifth pick of the third round, um, although the Patriots took him, so who knows. Um, and they do now have some some potential slot uh, work, depending on how they use Juju. So, you know, you know, Butte, certainly worth a shot here. Um, and then um, last pick, we've got NBC Sports Edge on the clock right now at 307. The last pick uh, is my guy, Luke Schoonmaker. So uh, the Dynasty Nerds grab him with the 31st overall um, sixth pick of the third round. So again, since we left yesterday, we've had um, Tajay Spears and Tank Bigsby to close out round two. Rashid Rice as the in-between pick. That's a, a pick that was inserted into the draft. Not sure what Tyler did to earn that, but uh, I'm sure it was on the up and up. Um, the Gurus, Jaden Reed, then Deuce Vaughn, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Keishan Butte, and Luke Schumacher. And that's where we're at. Um, so again, I still don't have any picks for a while. The next 10 or so will probably clear out anything left that I have any interest in. And then I'll be on the 
the, the uh, I'll be up for back to back when there's nobody left. Um, but hey, that's what you get. Um, anyway, so that's where we're at um, in the UDPL draft. Um, quick little five minute podcast. Um, you know, a couple little things before we go. Um, gab a little bit here. Um, I saw the news that um, Clyde Edwards Solaire. Um, his option was not picked up, and Jarek McKinnon is back. Um, now, you guys know I've never been a big Clyde Edwards-Hilaire guy. I, you know, the value to me was always his proximity to Mahomes, um, and the fact that he has a, a pass-catching skill set, which for some reason the Chiefs didn't really use that much, um, or haven't really used that much. But, but that really brings me to my point. Now, Obviously, you've got Pacheco there. He's going to get uh, a lot of the early down work. You've got McKinnon being brought back, who's capable of carrying the ball um, and who's a pretty good receiver. And then you've got Clyde Edwards-Solaire, who's going to be back this year. They are not. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option, but he's going to be back. He will be healthy because he was beat up last year, and when he was finally ready to return, he wasn't healthy enough for them to want him on the field. Now, some people took that as they're done with this guy. I took it as the guy wasn't probably healthy because when he's been healthy, he brings something to the table. It's not like, you know, delineate between fantasy value and a guy who can help them win a football game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has done some good things for the Chiefs. What he hasn't done is do them in a volume sense. He hasn't done them consistently. He hasn't had, you know, you know, consistent 15, 20 touches a game where he's doing good things. You know, the the, the good productions come sporadically. Um, but for the Chiefs, he's done some good inside running. You know, he when he has been used as a receiver, he's done some good things. The things the, the thing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire um, that has sort of become obvious, but really should have been obvious, and frankly, you know, the, I, you know, the Chiefs taking him at the end, end of round one never really made sense to me. Um, but the one thing the Chiefs should have known is that they were not getting a fast player. He does not have straight line speed. We knew it when they timed him. We you could see it on film. Uh, at LSU, this guy was never fast. He's quick, um, and when they shifted, we've talked about this in the pod before. When when they shifted to to Ceh, they lost that vertical speed element in the backfield. Um, Pacheco gave them some of it back, but he's not much of a receiver. They don't have that. Re- when they had Damian Williams, they had a vertical threat out of the backfield, plus a guy who could do some power running and other good receiving stuff. So. This is going to be a cobbled together backfield. I think clearly Pacheco's role can grow, and McKinnon is a guy they were willing to lose. They were so willing to lose him, in fact, that they just brought him back after the draft. They gave everybody in the NFL a shot at him. So they like McKinnon, but they didn't like him so much they wanted to lock him up or anything. Okay, So you've got Pacheco, who's somewhat limited. You've got McKinnon, who they like. If the stars align, they'll take him back, but they don't really care that much. And then you got Blair. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is that right now Clyde Edwards Lair is not worth a thing in regular fantasy and in dynasty. And given the fact that he is going to be part of a high-powered offense, and given the fact that McKinnon's got a long injury history, really all we would need is for McKinnon to get banged up. And this guy could be splitting time with Pacheco, who's probably not going to get a whole lot of passing down usage. Next thing you know, maybe we're looking at a guy who's getting five, six targets a game from Pat Mahomes, plus some touches on the ground, and we've got ourselves a useful running back. If there's multiple injuries in that backfield, 
you know, as much as it probably would drive people crazy to hear it, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, if he's getting the juice, could, for fantasy, for the duration of time where he's getting it, could be an RB1. I, I know. I'm telling you, he could be. All we need is one back to be getting like 15 or more touches in that backfield, and you've got significant fantasy potential. So, I guess my point is, if this guy's just kicking around, and someone's like, hey, you know, you take take Clyde Edwards-Solaire in the deal? Yeah, I'll take him. If it's a throw-in? Absolutely. Anyway, uh, would I go out and spend good money to get Clyde Edwards-Solaire? Well, probably not, okay? But... Because he really shouldn't cost anything. But I do, he's one of these guys where, yeah, he sits on your roster, he probably doesn't do much. But when he gets activated, when all of a sudden there's some life blown into him, when that little ember catches fire, he could do a lot. I mean, this is, this is a guy who's going to have fresh legs, he's going to be playing for a contract, and he's going to be playing for a team that moves the football up and down the field almost at will when they're running well. So... This is a guy who needs to be rostered, and he's a guy that, you know, the hidden value is really there. I don't want to go too crazy on this, because, you know, but, you know, I think sometimes we watch these things, these players get kicked to the curb. We talked about Evan Ingram last year. Evan Ingram now has value again. Guys with talent, and Clyde Edwards Slayer, as disappointing as he's been, does have talent. Right, the disappointment is because this guy was taken at the tip top of rookie drafts, and you know people invested in this guy. I invested at some point, like a second round pick in this guy myself, because I was trying to get as much of that backfield as I could. That ended up being a bad move, by the way. <laughs> but that was a process move. It wasn't me being high on Edward Solaire. But you know, it's important to understand when these guys with talent have disappointed enough where people just sort of give up on them, because that's the time where it's like, all right, I'll pick this free thing up. Anyway, moving on. Um, move over to a, a couple backfield things here. Um, and this is just sort of a pet peeve, but I, look, I'm a little bit disappointed in Roto World, um, the way they handle certain things. You know, I see a headline, it says Jameer Gibbs, you know, Greg Cosell, whatever, um, says Jameer Gibbs can be a three down back. Really? Okay. Well, that's really good information if that's what he's saying, but then you go and you read now. When you're a fantasy information service like Roto World, it's pretty important that your headlines are the right takeaway. So if someone's just coming by and reading the headline, they don't get the opposite take of what actually is being said. Or, you know, a flat, you know, a, a hot take when it's actually a flat take, which is sort of what happens here. What, what does Costell actually say? You know, he says, oh, he can be a three down back. What, is that what he really means? I mean, look, we already know the guy is a phenomenal pass catching back. So what you're saying is that he can carry the, you know, he can carry the mail on early downs, and then we have a three down guy. Well, that's not what he's saying. You know, um, you know, he, he goes on to say, I should look it up. I'm sitting going off on the guy. I should, I should look it up. But let me just, I, I, you know, what if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna bitch, I should get it right. Um, Yeah, here it is. Basically saying his college film showed a back with high-level traits and a complete skill set to be a three-down back. Okay, basically what he's saying there is Jameer Gibbs is good. Yeah, thanks, Greg. No kidding. Um, you know, the, the, you know, 
The guy just got taken 12th overall. Uh, and, you know, we know he's good. And a player has to have some, some compelling skills to go 12 overall as a running back, okay? But then he goes on to say, wow, it's not likely he'll be a foundation volume runner at the next level. So the headline is totally deceiving, Roto World. Forget about Greg Cosell. He said what he said. I mean, Greg Cosell's overrated, and the reason people care is because this guy's got access to film. So yeah, I have a little bug on this guy, because he has film I don't get to have. If I had Greg Cosell's film, oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> let's, I'm not, let's not turn this into a, a Pete rant, me bitching about what I don't have. Um... But Brutal World, it's important to get the headline to match what's actually being said. Cosell, all Cosell said is, yes, I think he's good too. That's all he said. And then he basically showed concern about what your headline is saying isn't going to happen. You know, yeah, they use the word can, not will, okay? But listen, there's no news here, okay? We know Gibbs is an exciting player. We know he can make a big play on any down. The question is, how much is Detroit going to give him? Is he a 10-touch guy? Is he a 15-touch guy? Is he a 20-touch guy? Is he a 25-touch guy, right? That's where the that's where the rubber hits the road. How much are they going to give him, right? Um, so don't, 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 don't put up a headline that says Gibbs can be a three-down back when, first of all, anybody who's watched him knows he's got the skill to do it. The question is, at 199 pounds, playing for a team that has a smash-mouth mentality, playing for a team that, for whatever reason, didn't like DeAndre Swift enough to, to, you know, to, to put him on the field all the time, and has now given Swift away. So, you know, look, as much as I love Gibbs... Everything about this team and organization gives me freaking pause because they, you know, they loved Swift until they didn't love him and they didn't even use him. So the track record of the Lions is freaking concerning here. Is the player so good that we don't care? Maybe. Because I love Gibbs. I'm not going to lie about it. Anyway, I think it's important that, you know, Roto World, you know, if you want to say Greg Cosell sees a three-down skill set in Jamar Gibbs, okay, say that. But, you know, saying he can be a three-down back, I, I don't know. To me, when you, when you fly by that quick, you're seeing a positive thing when literally nothing was really said. Basically, all that was said is Cosell likes Jamar Gibbs, and he doesn't know if Detroit's going to give him the ball enough either. That's what was, that's what was really said. So, you know, get it right. Anyway, um... Also, Roto World, um, Mike, and this isn't, um, although I'm surprised Roto World didn't have one of their sarcastic comments. Um, <laughs> Roto World, Mike McDaniel lobbied heavily for third rounder Devin Achani. Now, remember that McDaniel, you know, this is an organization that is sort of bringing San Francisco to the to the East Coast, right? And so, and San Francisco's the one, you know, where Shanahan pounded on the table for Utah's Joe Williams. I mean, there's a very serious Joe Williams vibe um, to this Mike McDaniel thing. Now, the difference is, for what it's worth, um, both Coach and I, when we looked at Joe Williams, we just weren't that impressed. He was exciting, he was explosive, but he wasn't that good. Um, Achani, on the other hand, is good. So, we're not saying that Achani is the next Joe Williams, but it's you know, Mike McDaniel lobbied heavily, doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. Um, uh, on the other hand, the situation there, the way the player fits the situation, uh, as I said on Twitter and on the pod the other day, um, I, I do think a Chinese value um, went up on draft day. Uh, he moved. He's one of the few players who moved up on my board. 
Uh, anything else? Uh, on the side, I do think it's sort of interesting that Josh Allen now has two tight ends um, that sound like cowboys, since he's like a gunslinger. Um, so you got the gunslinging QB now has a Dawson and a Dalton. <laughs> Dueling Daltons and Dawsons at tight end. That's sort of, sort of fitting. Um, I was also thinking, you know, as much as I love Justin Jefferson, and who doesn't, um, we've talked about this in the pod before, but sometimes when we see phenomenal production, it's about more than one thing. It's about a great player getting a lot of volume, but that usually relates to a situation where there aren't enough other players on that team to pull volume from the great player. So it's quite possible that Jordan, Jordan Addison, who is potentially a volume receiver himself, could give Minnesota some new places to throw the football, could pull some of that excess volume away from Jefferson, probably end up make Je- making Jefferson even more efficient. Um, Jefferson is either the best or one of the two or three best receivers in the game. So he's going to be great. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, wouldn't surprise me at all if at the end of the year, Justin Jefferson, while people are going to predict him to be the, the wide receiver one, probably ends up the wide receiver three or four this year. Wouldn't surprise me at all because Addison is going to pull more targets than an old healer did. Um, and that, you know, that we're just talking about counting stats. Jefferson will still crush it. And maybe he'll hit enough touchdowns to sort of, you know, counteract that. Jefferson's going to be great. If you take Jefferson one overall, I don't think, unless he gets hurt, you're not going to be disappointed. But from a volume perspective, it may not be as easy for him to rack up the targets this year, the big, big target totals. Um, so, sort of interesting. Um, anything else? Nah, let's call it a day. Um, so, hey, I was able to stretch this thing into about a 20-minute show. So, uh, hopefully you guys had a little fun. I will be back tomorrow with an update on what else went down in the UDPL draft. Uh, and I am going to be starting... Uh, on Friday, the 4 for 4 Dynasty Draft. So uh, I will provide some updates on that as well. Uh, they probably won't be as regular. Maybe I'll wait for a couple rounds to, to go down uh, before I start uh, posting stuff on that. I will try to post um, some tweets just on the draft as it progresses. Um, and that draft will be interesting because I'm going to be making more picks. Uh, and hopefully I'll be making some trades uh, because although I'm I'm happy with the picks I have. I wouldn't mind moving them around a little bit uh, if I can find some trade partners. Uh, so anyway, uh, hopefully things are going well for you uh, all. And uh, if you have drafts, again, if you're stuck in a jam and you don't know what to do, uh, I am around. So hit me up on Twitter. I'll do the best I can for you. Uh, and uh, until tomorrow, onward, upward, giddy up. <laughs>